Welcome back to the FCS Football Podcast presented to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Sean Anderson, and we have yet another FCS Draft Spotlight, the week of the NFL Combine. We're talking to a teammate of Sean and I, who we talked to way back in January. He is at the NFL Combine, so we'll get to hear from him and about his story and path to potentially making an NFL roster. But this past week, Sean and I were both traveling, and uh, Sean, I actually encountered a very interesting traveling situation because I had to fly from Arizona. And funny as it occurred, Sean calls me right before we're supposed to take off. And right as I'm hanging up the phone with him, the back of the plane shakes and there's a loud bang. Everyone, for some reason... You know, shrugs it off. No one really paid attention to it. I don't know why no one was alarmed by the loud noise that occurred. Fifty minutes later, the pilot comes on the the uh, the the over intercom. yeah the intercom. He comes on and he says like yeah the plane's out of service because someone backed the plane tug the thing that directs the plane onto the <laughs> runway. Yeah, no, it's a great word. That's what he said. <laughs> into the right jet engine so we had to all get off the plane so my flight that would have gotten me in at about 11 10 30 i ended up getting in at, at one o'clock in the oh morning. out of way so, yeah yeah so not ideal um but I, have you ever heard anything of that happening like usually the delay is because of weather or because there's too much air traffic not because some <laughs> slappy runs the cart into the into the back engine <laughs> Yeah, I've never heard. I, when you told me that, you called me back a little bit while you're sitting in the, standing in the terminal. And I was kind of, I, I couldn't believe it. I thought someone just uh, drew, drove the, the luggage cart into it. I'm like, that couldn't derail a whole flight. But if the, the plane tug, <laughs> as, it, as it were, hit the, uh, hit the plane, then maybe that's enough to cause some damage. Also, Joe, I came to a, uh, a revelation. What's that? I got so acclimated to, well... Since I've been home, my sleeping has been not so good. You know, going to bed too late, can't fall asleep that well. Yeah, I've, I've noticed because I'll text you at a reasonable time at like 10 o'clock, and I usually don't get a response until 1 o'clock. Well, last night, staying in Rhode Island by the water, I had a beautiful <laughs> night's sleep. Oh. So the ocean, I think I got so used to the ocean lulling me to sleep every night that I it's... It's just, I can't break that habit. So I might need to get a sound machine. And if anybody has any uh, discs or tracks that they can recommend that uh, would emulate ocean music or ocean sounds, please shoot them over to me. I could use them. I'd like to try some out, see if I can get back on track with my sleeping habits. So you're telling me the noise pollution of Washington, D.C. is is not enough to lull you to sleep? No, no. I I think I could (laughs) fall asleep well in D.C. Like when it's dead quiet like it is my basement in the in the suburb of northern virginia where no one is awake that's hard for me to fall asleep in but if there's a little bit of white noise or just uh, hustle and bustle then yeah i could probably fall asleep a lot easier or from experience i have been able to fall asleep a lot easier maybe you should invest in the pod by eight sleep maybe that's what you need to be uh spending your your hard-earned salary on if you want to get some better sleep if the pod could include <laughs> a, a speaker system oh, and that could coincide with like maybe little vibrations or something like that through through your sleep to make you really feel like you're in the area, you know, just a, a full enveloping bed 
to whatever uh, sound or or place you want to be, they could make some big money. Maybe you should pitch that to them as a a, a addition to their product. But right, yeah, but, I would have to be a pitch. I, I would, I definitely yeah. would love to endorse that more if they had that technology to put uh, a sound system in a bed. Well, enough about you hibernating for the winter. We are now going to listen to <laughs> Sean's offensive line mate and teammate as well as my teammate at the University of Rhode Island, Kyle Murphy, talk about his path and also his background as an athlete, not just as an offensive tackle. FCS football players don't always get the same respect as prospects coming from the SEC and the Big 12. But as we know, the FCS is still a goldmine for hidden talent. Players like Carson Wentz and Darius Leonard had immediate impacts their first years in the league. This year in 2020, who will be the next FCS stud to turn into an NFL star? This is the FCS Draft Spotlight, part of the Believe in FCS Football podcast with Joe DeLeon and Sean Anderson. Versatility is what helps players stand out during the NFL Draft. The more you can do for a team, the more you are valued when the time comes to make the pick. Versatility is what Rhode Island offensive lineman Kyle Murphy was able to display in his four-year career after he started at every single position on the offensive line. That ability to do multiple things at a high level goes back to his high school days of playing three sports and even snowboarding. Growing up, I was a three-sport athlete. I loved baseball, basketball, and football. My passion actually was basketball at first, and then um, it kind of came to reality as I was in high school that I wasn't going to grow and be a 6'10 center. And then that's when um, my high school coaches kind of pushed me to lean towards football and really work on that for uh, college. Can't do it anymore, but I used to snowboard a lot. Yeah, I actually, I got really into it. And then, um, you know, for one of my Christmas presents, I begged my mom to buy me a board. My feet are so big, so I had to get, like, a custom board. And, like, it's an extra wide board, and my feet are spread out more because I'm just so giant. But I'm actually a real good snowboarder. I feel like that just comes along with having good balance and stuff like that. You know, if I wasn't playing football and stuff like that, I'd probably be out snowboarding all winter. Despite being so athletic for a player his size, Murphy did not receive the recruitment he'd expect. Coming out of a high school in Massachusetts, it's not as easy to get noticed. I didn't have any offers, and the only offers I had were um, URI, UNH, Sacred Heart, and um, Connecticut State. And I kind of just chose mainly URI because they were the first ones to offer me. So I, to me, that's like the first one, first team that like believed in me. So I just wanted to play for them, you know. I came out of like a school that really never produced college football players besides D3 players. And I mean, just being from Massachusetts too, that's like a disadvantage because I, I feel like a lot of people think that the Northeast doesn't produce, you know, good football players. And I mean, I went to a bunch of bigger camps. I went to the Boston College camp and UMass Amherst camp, but they kind of just said I was on the sides and didn't even, you know, believe in me. I went into, even going into URI, I felt like I was an underdog. So, I mean, just in my mind, just having like a chip on my shoulder, just knowing all those schools didn't even give me a chance. And then I'm producing just as good as their uh, players there or better. That that's kind of just been motivating me the whole time. Being an underdog motivates Murphy, but providing for his mother is his biggest driving force. A big thing has to do with my mom, because I mean, growing up, 
we just we struggled paycheck to paycheck and stuff like that. So, I mean, the closer I've been getting is just it's been motivating me more to just kind of give back to her, but also just give back to the coaches that kind of I feel like made me who the player I am. If you ever get the chance to talk to Murphy, you realize how humble he is and how he never gets too ahead of himself. Even though he was playing really well early on in his career at Rhode Island, he didn't realize playing in the NFL was a serious possibility until just recently. Honestly, it wasn't until um, like the end of junior year, but I didn't know it was as close as it really is. Once I got um, first team all conference after last season, I kind of came to reality like I'm one of the best offensive linemen in the FCS, and like I do have a chance. And then once after that season, it's just it's been hectic with all the agents and everything hit me up, and actually like people telling me that scouts have been saying this and that. So it's it's really just been like recent that it came to reality that like this is what I got to do. The All-Star Game invites came filing in quickly during his senior year, and with a chance to play in the East-West Shrine Game, it gives him the chance to play with his former teammate and co-captain one more time. Obviously, I was hoping for the Reese's Bowl, but I'm blessed to have both of those. And but honestly, when I when I first I got the PA Bowl uh, first, and my first reaction that was alone at the time when I read it because I didn't want to open it in front of anybody. I just started standing up because I never expected myself to get that. It it gives you more comfort knowing that you got somebody. Obviously, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna be able to rely on those new guys that I'm gonna be playing with, but just being with like a such close teammate that I had for four years, we were captains together. It's it's kind of just special, just spending that like experience with him too, because I know he's gonna he's gonna really show out on that too. Murphy's gritty play style is one of his best traits as an interior offensive lineman. He also has many other facets of his game that he takes pride in. Even before high school, I mean before college. I always just thought of myself as a real high motor guy. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop until the whistle. Uh, real mental toughness. I, I, I'm, I don't really break a lot. And just somebody that's gonna, somebody that's gonna get in your head. The whole game is not gonna stop until that whistle ends. I know I have a lot to work on with footwork, but I feel like just playing basketball all my life kind of just set me up for having quick feet and like. Being able to move laterally and especially just running too, I feel like I have the speed that not a lot, like not a lot of offensive linemen have. Having a lot of arms just helps you. It helps you get your hands on them first because that's a big part of offensive line. The D line just wants to punch you in the chest, but if, I, if I'm be able to get my hands inside first, that's the first thing you want to do to win a one-on-one battle. My favorite player. Um, Tyron Smith on the Cowboys. I always watch highlights of him. I just try to learn from him, but like, even like the best tackles in the league, like uh, David Bakhtiari, I'm always following him. I love watching Lane Johnson film because he's a real athletic guy that I kind of compare myself to. Being like, he was a real athletic guy. He played basketball and stuff like that. And he didn't just play offensive line. Because all my life, I didn't really play offensive line. I was tight end for a little while. So just watching those guys, and I kind of relate to how the style of their play, and especially like their tenacity too. I just feel like I compare to them. I feel like I perform the best at playing guard. I feel like I have more. I I have arms like a tackle, but I'm not obviously six five, six six to play tackle. But um, I feel like guard. Um, I I, I like playing closer to guys. You know, bigger guys. I rather have play against power and speed 
So that's why I really like playing interior. But And I feel like if I get thrown in the mix at center, I'd be able to adapt and just do what I can do, just like anybody else. Murphy's stock has shot up over the past few months and it will continue to grow during the pre-draft process. Up next is another guy playing the East-West Shrine game looking to make a name for himself. Heck of a conversation that we were able to have with, with Murph and it's so interesting knowing a guy for four years and then getting to actually talk with him and, and dive into who he is as an athlete and his personality and being able to just learn more about someone. You you almost think to yourself like, oh, I know this person. I'll be able to get that information that most people on my team know and it'll it'll come off as compelling. But I, I learned a lot of cool stuff about him and he talked about his, his background in snowboarding, uh, which you really don't hear a lot of offensive line talk about. And I, I think when I met when after I interviewed him and we talked about it, didn't you mention something about that you used to snowboard or, or something along those lines? I used to ski, yes. Okay, that's what it was. Then I outgrew the skis. Yeah, that was the same case, obviously, with Murph. And he said that his feet got too big that he couldn't – Yeah. <laughs> he could barely fit on the board. But if you think about Birds it – Birds of a feather. <laughs> if you have that athletic background of something so unique, it seems like it would really help out with footwork. And he also talked about his experiences playing basketball – uh, just in general, it seems like that tends to be a trend of teams looking for athletes that have great footwork, are light on their feet, especially for being a, a bigger prospect and a, a position that requires so much strength. Yeah, I'll, uh, Murph's good at basketball, but I still think I could take him one-on-one uh, pretty oh, really? easily. I mean, he's a fantastic athlete. Uh, and the most, the best athletic moment I've shared with Murph was in our end-of-the-year dodgeball games that we would play in Keeney Gym. And I was known in high school for having a really good arm, pitching the baseball team, all that. You know, I still have a pretty good arm, the pre-surgery. And we were playing dodgeball. And it was coming down to the wire in the, I think, the round before the championship game. Or maybe it was the championship. And Murph was on the opposing team. And I was kind of heading the t- heading my team, uh, give me the ball, I'm going to knock some people out. And I reared back. I mean, I crow hopped and everything. And I threw this dodgeball right at Murph, right at the dome, because that's perfectly legal. And he snatched up and he caught it with just compu- pure confidence and authority. And that's where I'm like, wow, this is the one guy on this floor that is going to be able to snag this thing out of the air. And that's when I think I was the most impressed with Kyle Murphy's athleticism and hands. And that coincides with how he uses hands on the football field. And I brought up this term when we were talking about offensive linemen last summer, uh, magnet hands. And Murph has those, especially in run blocking. Uh, Pass blocking, you don't need to have magnet hands all the time because it's a constant reset depending on what the defensive lineman is doing. But run blocking, once he gets those on you, there's not going to be much you can do to get that break. Unless you go dead weight, drop down, and let him put you on your neck, then fine. That's the only way you're going to get away from it. But they are going to stick on you, and he just has these strong hands, athletic hands, and as you alluded to, Joe, really good feet. Uh, It's the feet is what really wins in college. It's hands in the NFL because everyone's got about the same uh, foot speed. Uh, But in college, it's the guys with the elite foot speed, especially at the offensive line position, that can dominate 
And I think that's what we really got to see a lot with Murph and why he was so successful was because in past setting, his feet were incredibly fast. And when he locked on and drove his feet, uh, they were faster than any other offensive linemen on the field and sometimes uh, rivaling that of the defensive lineman getting off the ball. So his feet are super fast. And now when he gets to the NFL, what I'm looking to see from him is getting those hands exactly where they need to be every time because it's a lot of hand fighting and you see that with um especially in the interior like Aaron Donald everyone praises his get off but what he trains most in the offseason is his hands I mean we is that that's the most that we see it's the the feet just to maintain but the hands is how the veteran defensive linemen really beat these offensive linemen with the spins with the jabs the rips the the long arm all of that you have to be prepared for all of it and I think uh, with the the right offensive line coach in the NFL they, they could develop Murph into a, a real stud yeah you alluded to a lot of these defensive linemen focusing in on their hands they it seems like they're working on how to fight more than how to pass rush with a lot of these big named defensive line coaches. They break out the pads, they break out the boxing gloves, things like that to work on their explosiveness. So you need to have that counter ability with offensive linemen. And I think that Murph has, has shown that. And even against some of the biggest opponents that we've played, especially Virginia Tech, you didn't really see any drop off. And I think a lot of times you have these smaller school prospects and once they actually face uh, say an ACC or a Big Ten opponent well then they kind of get a little bit weighted out and and you don't really notice them as much on tape but it seems like all three of the guys that we have going to the combine that's how they made their money was performing well in that Virginia Tech game and looking very very good so you kind of just broke down his major strengths on tape and the things that really stuck out to you seeing him play on tape and also getting to see what he's like every day in practice and in games and in live situations. We were blessed with the opportunity to actually see him live for four straight years, unlike some of these talent evaluators who are really just starting to get a good look at him. Sean, we were kind of trying to discuss what would be a good pro comp for Murph, for Kyle Murphy rather. Who do you think was, was a really good fit that we concluded with? He always talked about because uh, as an offensive line group, sometimes that film can get boring and you need a break. And we would always like to watch uh, the pros tape uh, just from games or guys that we liked or wanted to see. And the one guy that Murph always talked about uh, was Shaq Mason. And the more that we watched Shaq Mason, the more that we watched uh, Murph. Uh, you know, I was sitting there watching. I'm like, wow, these guys are pretty similar. And he has a great admiration for uh, Shaq Mason. So I think it's a pretty good fit uh, for him. But offensive linemen are kind of tricky with their comparisons because everybody is – everyone's pretty similar, especially at the NFL level. But they're all really different. It's hard to – it's such a specific category that you have to fit very specific molds and traits to have to play. I mean, really the most – things that you see with the offensive linemen that stick out are it's either a freaky athlete like Trent Williams or Tyron Smith or a, a just super mean. And those are the two because everything else is pretty boilerplate, e- even though they're incredibly um, talented tasks that they have to perform and their skill sets are off the charts. They're still bunched up and it's it's hard to to pick one player out of the group to compare 
but I'd say Shaq Mason for Kyle Murphy. I think that he could come in, make a really good impact. I think he's got really good feet, long arms, strong hands, uh, and a, a good nose for playing offensive line also. It's a good point that you make there about it being difficult to really differentiate guys along the offensive line. When you talk about receivers, it's very easy to come up with a comp. It's very easy to do that with a quarterback, a defensive lineman, because there's so much positional diversity. There's so many different things that even when you have guys that fit molds, there's guys that have slight variations of those various molds. Like what, There's no mold for what Julio Jones or Calvin Johnson were. But when you talk about offensive linemen, it's like, okay, he fits this height, weight, measurement criteria. He fits as a guard, a tackle, a center. That's that's kind of how it goes. And then like you said, there's the super athletic guys. There's the really mean guys, the guys that are really, really strong. Some guys are just a little bit more fundamentally sound. It's There's not really much different traits that you can really find. But I think that besides Shaq Mason, some other way you could compare him to is Cody Whitehair of the Chicago Bears. And the reason why I was saying that is he's around the same size, six foot four. But uh, my reasoning behind that was positional versatility. So Murph originally played guard. He played right tackle. He played left tackle. He's taken snaps at center. He's done so many different things. And when I was just trying to think of someone who fit that type of a criteria, I thought of Cody Whitehair from, if I remember correctly, Whitehair did spend some time in college playing tackle. And then when he came to the pros, he's played center, he's played guard. You can put him wherever you need him to. He's not super big. He's not really, really tall, like a guy like Tyron Smith with obnoxiously long arms and looks like he was printed out of a 3d printer for offensive linemen but he's technically sound he's got good hands you can put him at center you can put him at guard really plug him in if you are in a bind and need someone to play in a quick situation yeah i really i'm really fine with the the white hair um comp also just because of the versatility and it's been well known that Kyle Murphy has played all three positions, the offensive line, uh, in his tenure at the University of Rhode Island. And um I'm just really happy that we had the opportunity to compare him to these um to these guys on a platform where our listeners had the experience of watching the combine and the draft, rooting for another FCS guy um that we were able to shed the light to. So it's um I'm just really happy that we got to give uh one of our guys some some spotlight here on the show. Sadly we didn't get to talk to the other two guys just because of the timing of things, but hope you enjoyed hearing from Kyle Murphy and hearing him talk about his athletic background in his career going forward. He will be participating at the NFL combine. So check out and see what he does. We will also be giving some recap and analysis of the FCS guys that are attending the NFL combine and giving you a little bit of insight on really who did well, who made themselves some serious money and who could find themselves in the second third round in that day two range or maybe even someone could squeak their way into day one we'll be talking about all of that next week once the nfl combine wraps up but stay tuned later in the week for yet another episode where we will be doing an off-season breakdown also be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to us folks you can find us on apple Podcasts, google play stitcher iHeartRadio, you name it and follow us on social media at joe DeLeon. follow sean at sanderson radio and follow believe podcasts at b-l-e-a-v podcast and go to their website believe.com spelled b-l-e-a-v.com